Welcome back to the Nerdy Merc, where you will find all things comic books, culture, current events, and the like. This is Jeff, and I am the Nerdy Merc. Well, I have an idea, and it's a very ambitious idea. As you can probably guess, I'm a huge fan of comic books. I don't know how many physical comic books that I actually own. I own quite a few. I also have quite a few really, really awesome comic books, and I'll post pictures of the, the pictures of these at some point. But I mean, I've got like a Captain America 100, which is the first Silver Age. Um, Captain America book that exists now there is Captain America back in the 1940s mm, excuse me and 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 he didn't appear again until uh, what was it some Tales of Sus- I think it was Tales of Suspense yeah it's Tales of Suspense uh, comics around uh, their numbers somewhere in the 60s or 70s is when Captain America came back and, of course, his long absence was explained with the being lost in the ice, all that stuff. But Tales of Suspense 99 ended, and basically it had become a Captain America comic book, so they just officially reflagged the comic book to Captain America. So that's why it starts off at 100. And I've got one of those. That's probably one of the nicest Silver Age books I have. Unfortunately, there's no signatures on it, but it's still in beautiful condition, graded at 9.0 with uh, the collectible grading company, uh, which I'm huge on those. Uh, I also have a a Fantastic Four number 48 graded at 6.0 with a verified Stan Lee signature on it. Now, I did not witness that. I just bought it like that. But... I did get Stan Lee's signature on one of, one of my comic books a few months before he died, um, a Fantastic Four number 52, which is first appearance of Black Panther. Oh, back to the Fantastic Four number 48, in case you didn't know, first appearance of Silver Surfer and Galactus. But Fantastic Four number 42, or 52, excuse me, first appearance of Black Panther, I got Stan Lee's signature on that one uh, a few months before he died. And I gotta say, if... If I, if it wasn't personally witnessed uh, by the right people, I would have been like, "That is not Stan Lee's signature." It, he lost a little bit of, you know, rest in peace, Stan Lee. He lost a little bit on the end. Uh, like I'm, I think it looked like Muhammad Ali signed that thing. To be honest with you, but that doesn't change the value of it, and it's one of my most prized comic books to this day. I believe it's graded seven point zero. So what I want to do is I want to explore comic books from from a historical perspective. I want to start off with, oh, by the way, there's a I have a trivia question for you guys. Can you name the longest running Marvel comic book character that is still appearing in comic books today? He's literally gone from the beginning beginning of the golden age of comic books which is from around the late 30s to the mid 50s all the way to the modern or also known as the dark age of comic books which goes up to today which I'll, I'll discuss you know the different ages as well but so this one character has been around 
longer than any other comic book character. Now he hasn't appeared in any of the movies. He's he's not a flashy character on on screen or anything, but he is still a major character in in the in the modern day comic books. Can any one of you tell me who that is? 317-978-NERD. 317-978-6373. So these are the kinds of things I'm going to do. I'm going I'm to throw out some random comic book trivia or random other nerd trivia. It doesn't have to be related to comic books. I'm just talking about comic books right now. Um, and so I want to go through, and I actually have a Marvel Unlimited subscription, which is awesome. It's It's only like... I think 10 or 11 bucks a month. And man, if I could get them as a sponsor, that would be so really cool. I mean, guys pay me like five bucks a month and I will, well, whatever. I'm pretty much giving them free sponsorship anyway, since I'm talking about them uh, and that's okay. I don't mind, but for like 10 or 11 bucks a month, you have access to, I believe the entire Marvel library of comic books going all the way back to 1939. And they have it organized by by series. They have it organized by characters. They have it organized by events. So if you want to look up the uh, Infinity Gauntlet, boom, you can go right to that and read all the comic books related to that. If you want to look up the um, uh, the, uh, the Captain the Civil War, Captain America Civil War, you can boom go right all to all the comic books related to that. Or if you want to look up by character, look up Captain America, and you. Could, and you can see all the comic books that he appears in, and you can sort them alphabetically by year released, by series. I mean, it's it's, it's a great app. It's, there's a couple of little bugs on it, especially when you want to try to, to download. Uh, you can only download 12 comic books at a time, which I think is annoying, you know, if you want to read offline, uh, which is handy if you're, if you're uh, like in a rural area and don't have real good data and you're out and about and want to read. Uh, so you download them to your phone first, but you can only do 12 at a time. I, I don't understand why that is. I think that's a little ridiculous, but it is what it is until they change it. Got to play within their rules. So here's my quest. I am going to go every major Marvel character has a first appearance. Obviously they have to, I mean, it just goes without saying, and I'm going to start at the first appearance of the first major character, and I have them all bookmarked, and I'm going to read them in chronological order. Now, that doesn't mean I'm just reading first appearance books. I'm, I'm reading them all. I'm starting in 1939, and I tell you, if you've ever read any of those comic books, those are painful to read. They are so cheesy. They are. But... I do it so you guys don't have to. I take one for that team. But I want to talk about them. I want to analyze them. I want to talk about the art. I want to talk about the writing. I want to talk about the the uh, uh, the social context uh, surrounding the comic books. The, I want to talk about uh, the society that created the comic books. I mean, for doing some fourth wall breaking and seeing what was going on in society at the time and how it relates, because often it does. Comic books are great uh, indicators of where society is because when you see, uh, how do I just, uh, uh, hang on, use your words, Jeff. They're a great litmus test of society's moral compass. They really are. You can see them change 
over time, and there is almost a direct correlation with the type of media that society allows uh, and, 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 and becomes mainstream. So, like, when they first started off, I mean, imagine, imagine how the television shows were um, back in the 60s. Well, the comic books were, were just as clean. You know, I mean, hell, Alfred Hitchcock got crap from the FCC for trying to, to show a toilet in the movie Psycho, I think it was. Yeah, it was Psycho. That was the very first toilet ever shown, and that was considered to be obscene back in the 60s, which is crazy. So comic books matched that kind of thing perfectly. Television is also another great litmus test, another great indicator, obviously. But comic books is even, I think, even a little bit more so. Um, so you got the golden age of comics, as I said, goes from the late 30s to the mid-50s. Then you have the the silver age, which picks up about the mid-50s and goes through... Early 70s, like 72, 73 time frame. It's kind of, it's, it's a little bit up for debate. But Spider-Man 121 is kind of generally considered the crossover between the Silver Age and the Bronze Age. Now, the Silver Age is a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong. That's where you get most of the first appearances of most of the characters that you currently know. Hulk, Fantastic Four, Iron Man, Thor, Avengers, Loki, all those. Uh, Star Well, actually, I think Star-Lord was modern age. I know Eternals will, um, but you get the idea. Most of those characters that you know that you've come to love in the movies, Doctor Strange, uh, they 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 began in the '60s, and they start off quite differently than they do in the in the in the movies, uh, but sometimes similar, sometimes just modern adaptations, and it's 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 really fascinating. I, I'm, so I, I want to break down comparisons between the comic books and what you see in the big screen as well, and. I can't I, I can't do this without talking about the Comic Code Authority as well. Uh, the Comic Code Authority was the authority for comic books back in the day when you if you wanted to if you wanted to have a comic book that was printed that was considered to be respectable and mainstream and accepted by society, it had to have the CCA stamp. And now it, it took quite a while for people to start bucking it, but you haven't seen a CCA stamp on comic books in like thirty years. At least I'm not 100% sure exactly when that stopped, but there for a while, you know, I mean, it was people wanted to do different comic books, but the CCA was like the FCC of comic books almost. And it was, it was really restrictive of free speech in my opinion. And, but so much of society was at the time. So again, uh, kind of a litmus test for how, for how society is doing. And it was really fascinating to see the, the system get bucked starting around the mid eighties. Um, well, at least consistently around the mid eighties. And it really kind of goes to show that when you have mass civil disobedience from the authority, the authority is impotent. That is so applicable to all walks of life, by the way, we can discuss that later. So this endeavor, and I'm going to take you on it with me. I'm going to start off in the 1930s, and I'm going to read those comic books, and I'm going to talk about them. And then I don't have to read all the way through, but around like the late 50s, you start getting first appearances of 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 the, the remainder of the modern-day comic book characters that we all know and love, like Groot. FYI, Groot was quite different when he first started off. He was not the lovable Groot. He was, you'll see. 
So Groot and then the 60s, the Fantastic Four, X-Men, all that stuff. And I'm going to read them in order of issue. So I'm going to try to get three or four comic books done a week. It gets kind of hard with my schedule. But I think I can I think I can manage at least three. One per show is kind of the goal. One per show. So that's three. And then maybe a couple extra for me. But I'm gonna go through and and a lot of those comic books, the storylines are so painful. The villains are so cheesy and so easily defeated. Um but it's good to see from a historical perspective and a lot of people and, and a lot of people love the origin stories. That's what I'm doing. I'm bringing you the origin stories of all of these characters because I don't even know them all. Again, this is a very ambitious undertaking that I'm, I'm doing here and I would not be able to do it at all if it wasn't for Marvel Unlimited. So awesome. So I want to spend a few minutes each show discussing the latest comic book I read. In fact, that's a segment I'm going to have on my website. Um, and apologies, FYI, if you go to my website right now, the basic layout is there. There's no content yet. I'm also learning how to build a website, so please bear with me on that one. There's there's a learning curve, and I'm curving a lot. So I'm learning how to put a podcast together, how to publish a podcast, how to build a website. I'm learning all of this at the same time. It's a bit overwhelming. I'm and I, I'm doing the best that I can to provide you with the content that I make. And if you're listening, again, thank you. Totally appreciate it. If you have any comic book suggestions or if you have any comments about something that I that I uh, discuss, 317-978-NERD, 317-978-6373. I greatly appreciate it. And also, FYI, I'm not going to limit myself to just Marvel comic books either. I have probably the first 70 or 80 Spawn comic books. Spawn is a fascinating character. I do have a number of graphic novels. I have The Watchmen. I have 300 The Graphic Novel, which is a lot of fun to read. Uh, and I actually have a Hell Spawn graphic novel as well. And uh, maybe, maybe, uh, oh, I just had a thought. I could probably get a camera, not a camera, a, a uh, microphone to attach to my iPhone. And so when I go to Comic-Con, I can, you know what? I'm going to do that. When I go to the next con, now I don't like Gen Con. I like PopCon and Comic-Con. The reason I don't like Gen Con is because they like to charge for panels. And in my opinion, panels should be included with the entry fee. So no Gen Con. But PopCon and Comic-Con, totally cool with I love going there. I love interacting with the with the various vendors. I love. Uh, I don't like paying the fee to 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 meet the the guests, the 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 celebrity guest stars, but I do love meeting them all the same. I have a lot of pictures. I got pictures of me with um, Ryan Hurst, who was of course Opie from Sons of Anarchy. Uh, who else do I have? I'm looking at him right now. Uh, it's kind of in the dark. Oh oh, Walter Koenig. Uh, who is uh, Chekhov from Star Trek, the original series. I've got a picture with me and um, Curtis Armstrong and, and uh, oh my God, I can't remember his real name. The guy who played Lewis, uh, Booger and Lewis from Revenge of the Nerds. Um, hmm. Oh, Firefly. That's another good nerdy, nerdy topic that I will definitely discuss at some point. I got a picture of Alec, is it Alec Baldwin? No, Adam. Adam Baldwin was uh, Jane in Firefly. 
And I got a picture of him from that show, and he signed it. It says, mm, I'll be in my bunk. FYI, very nice guy. Walter Koenig, super nice guy. If you ever get a chance to meet him and you're a fan of the original series of Star Trek or Star Trek in general, go meet him. He is a lot of fun. In fact, uh, you know, if you've ever been to one of these things, you know the lines are are kind of like, you know, 30, 45 seconds, maybe a minute tops to do your meet and greet and have your picture signed. And I was trying to be a good fan because there was a line behind me. There's probably about 20 people behind me. I mean, he's an older celebrity, so he's not getting a whole lot of play these days. But you know, there was enough that he was making some money. And I'm trying to be a good fan, and I'm trying to end the conversation and say, you know, hey, Mr. Koenig, I appreciate you. Uh, you know, lo- love the show, love your work, and, you know, thanks for bringing that kind of joy- joy- enjoyment to my life. And he started asking me questions. He's like, are you from here? I was like, well, yeah, I'm from here. And, and he's like, oh, what do you do? And I told him what I did. He's like, oh, that's fascinating. At the time, I was I was, I w- I was active contractor. I was home on, on a one-month rotation. And he wouldn't let me go. He talked to me for like five minutes, and I'm sitting there trying to be a polite fan and leave, and he talked to me. He he, he kept me in the conversation. So super nice guy. Adam Baldwin, very similar. Uh, he, um, he didn't keep me as long, but he did ask me a few questions about local, uh, uh, local uh, culture, and I recommended a couple of good steakhouses to him. Let's see, who else do I have? I can't see. Oh, oh, oh! Uh, Ian McDermott and Ray Park. You Star Wars nerds should know who that is. Emperor Palpatine, Darth Maul. Uh, of course, Emperor Palpatine looks more like Senator Palpatine before he got all horridly disfigured, naturally, because he got the makeup on. And most people won't, won't recognize Ray Park unless they just know who he is. But either way, still cool. I really enjoyed that. And uh, but yeah, I may, I may, I may take a microphone around. Um, and 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 pick up audio from there. Talk to talk to some cosplayers. There's always some neat cosplayers there. And who knows? I mean, there's all sorts of things I could do with this. And I'm really looking forward to the possibilities. And if you guys have any suggestions, you have my number. You have my number. Uh, real fast before we break, we're almost at the end of the show. I do want to say, if you noticed the difference between my, my intros and outros and the actual content, well. I actually record my intros and outros, so they're the exact same. Uh, it is what it is. What it is. Um, so anyway, uh, cosplay ideas. Sorry, I didn't mean to get distracted there. I do that frequently. I try to stay on topic, though. But cosplay ideas. I also have a Game of Thrones sort of like legit Damascus Steel uh, version of the ice from Game of Thrones. The 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 ancestral sword of the Starks before it was melted down and formed Oath Oathkeeper and Widow's Whale. But I have that hanging on my wall right now. That is that sword is almost as tall as I am, which isn't saying much because I'm only like 5'5", five five, but that sword is literally almost as tall as I am. It is a huge, huge sword. So I have cosplay ideas for that, you know, uh, to portray a Stark, not necessarily anyone that you've seen in the show, maybe one from historical context. And so I already talked earlier about my Rorschach costume. And I think I think we're going to have a lot of fun. I'm really, really looking forward to this, uh, seeing where this goes. And I hope you guys are too. Um, yeah, so this is the this is the end of the show. 
the end of the first show, the inaugural show, the pilot, I very much appreciate you for listening. Uh, and make sure you subscribe. I'll talk to you next week. I am the Nerdy Merc, www.nerdymerc.com. That's N-E-R-D-Y-M-E-R-C.com. You can reach me at nerdymerc at gmail.com. The phone number is 317-978-NERD. That's 317-978-6373. You can also find me at the Nerdy Merc on Apple Podcasts, Facebook, and YouTube, at Nerdy Merc on Twitter and Parlor, and NerdyMerc79 on Instagram. Obviously, I love the brand. Go there, subscribe, follow me, give me a like, and make sure you tell your friends. Nerdy Merc out.